This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Game Bet and Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. It's the French Open and we have a stellar lineup today, a special on the tennis podcast this week. And I'm delighted to say joining myself and Sean, who's a regular every week here on the Betcast, is uh, Nick Lester. He is a tennis journalist from the UK. You may have heard him across America. You may have heard him on Eurosport as well. And also I'm delighted to say joining us, uh, we, we bring out the big guns for the big tournament. We don't get much bigger than former American number one tennis player and world number four, uh, the legend himself, Mr. James Blake. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Uh, so of you, Nick. Hope you're well. Looking forward to the tennis action. Yeah, can't wait, Nigel. It's been a really good run in. I love the clay court season. Always my favourite time of year. I think it produces the best tennis and uh, I always see some good stories. Definitely should be good. Yeah, looking forward to it indeed. And James, uh, thank you very much again for joining us. Uh, we spoke in the Australian Open and uh, we, had, we didn't have a bad tournament, did we? We gave a few uh, winning tips, but uh, how do you think the, the men's draw is shaping up this week for the, for the French? Well, I mean, I think that what was feared was going to possibly happen, happened with the, the quarter and the semis of, of Rafa. There's three huge favorites, um, you know, for anyone else to win this event to me would be a, a huge shock. And all three of them to be on one side is, um, is pretty tricky. And um, it's difficult to see who's going to get through. And if they, they beat each other up so much that maybe someone does get a, get a surprise win from the other side with, uh, with possibly a tired uh, finalist between the Novak, Rafa and Alcaraz uh, quarter and semi yeah i mean it has i mean sean you followed uh, i'm not going to say how long you followed betting and tennis but it's it's been a long time we've, we've, we've been friends for many years yeah. now doing betting um i don't think i've ever seen a draw so loaded um in in one half and on a major tournament um i know you you yeah can, can you recall one like this not off the top of my head i mean that, that was always the danger though wasn't it once nadal slipped out of the top four um, and got into that fifth position. Um, there was always a chance that it was going to be as loaded as this. And yeah. it, it, it's, funnily enough, it, it, it's worked out like that. I had a suspicion that it might because it always tends to, doesn't it? Um, and, <laughs> and then, then the conspiracy up. theorists come out. And uh, <laughs> I, I, believe me, I've been part of so many of those draws. I promise they're picked out of a hat, just like, and <laughs> no tournament director or organizer wants this. It is, it is just the, it is truly the luck of the draw. It's just how it is. I'm not suggesting any impropriety, of course. I just, it's just that's, it always seems to work out that way, doesn't it? You get a loaded top half and a, and a I like to say, easier bottom half. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, um, yeah, that's how, I think you, from a betting perspective, you've got to be looking at the bottom half of the draw, haven't you, for, um, for a finalist, a big prize. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. going to come on to the uh, the betting part of it, Sean, because obviously with these draws, you know, we look at it from a from a from a spectator's level. They want to see a final between a Djokovic or a Nadal or Alcaraz against a, 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 a Nadal. That's not going to happen. But from a betting perspective, when you mm. get loaded draws like this, it offers fantastic value, especially on the each way part of the bet, because obviously, Bet Rivers are one of the only bookmakers in America to offer each way betting. There are half the odds one two here, so it's a from a betting perspective, the bottom half is really really intriguing, isn't it? 
It is. I mean, it, it seems to me that the layers have just they've almost given this to Sitsipas. Um, and everyone's talking about oh, Sitsipas as if as if he's in the final already, which which is obviously a little bit ridiculous. Um, so there are, there are quite a few options in that in that bottom half of the draw, particularly in that fourth quarter of the draw where where Medvedev, you know, the number two seed is is, is a fifty to one shot. Um, so there's obvious chances in that fourth quarter of the draw. Someone like Rubliev, Sinner, um, these guys, Kekmanovic, um, even, even Basilashvili, Pablo Carreño, Busta, all these guys, they must be looking at this draw now thinking, hello, you know, I've, I've got a chance. I mean, James, you obviously know whether, whether players really do look at draws. I mean, they say they don't, but I think they must do. Yeah, um, I think... Yeah, I think plenty, plenty do. There's still a few that don't, but I, I agree. There's, there's some, some sleepers in there. I, I like Sinner. I think that's, a, that's possibly even Pablo Carreño Busta. Um, it's a guy that I, I oftentimes can be overlooked. Um, and I just think those guys have, uh, they have the ability. And like you said, so many people are just giving it to Sitsipas, and that's not, uh, that's not a given. I mean, he's, he's clearly the favorite, but definitely not a given that he'll be there on the finals uh, in two weeks. Yeah, for me that's that's too short. That price, he's about five to one, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it was five to one, Sean, but it's it's been long cut. That five to one's long distance. Then, we'll come on to it. We're going to run through the betting now, and okay. I'll come to you on Nick on Nick on this. Um, the tournament favourite is number one, so you know about Djokovic. Obviously, he's plus one seventy five. Uh, second favourite is Carlos Alcaraz at plus two ten. You know, we all know what he's going to do, but in a best of five set, plus one ten, he's going to get through Nadal or Djokovic to reach the final. Looks a bit low to me. And then we have Nadal at plus three fifty. Now, we have never seen Nadal at plus three fifty. Third favourite for the French Open. That is just unheard of. Um, watching tennis as a commentator, looking around, where, where are you looking at in that top half? And who out of those three? main contenders who do you feel offers the best value I mean it's very hard to ignore what Carlos Alcaraz has done over the last six months Nige you know you look at his ELO rating I was looking at the ELO rating which effectively adds up who he's beaten he's number one actually in terms of not just wins but the quality of opposition that this guy's beaten the only obviously unknown to an extent with Alcaraz is, is that over two weeks over a major over best of five sets, is he going to be able to keep the consistency going? Is he going to be able to keep the physicality going? You look at the guy and what he's done physically over the last six months. I mean, from where he was in the autumn to when he came out in January, I mean, the guy's beefed up beyond all recognition. You know, the way he kind of went through the guys in Madrid was incredible. The, the match with Djokovic, um, you know, obviously being in Nadal was a huge step for him. So, it's very hard to ignore what Alcaraz has done. You know, you know, I saw a great um, piece the other day on comparing him with Rafa at the same age. And, you know, in many ways, if you look at the quality of the opposition that he's beaten when Rafa was the same age, he's actually ahead of when Nadal is. Now, obviously, he's got a long way to go to kind of do what he's done. But, um, you know, Djokovic obviously rounding into form beautifully. Seems to have timed his run very well. I thought the, the wins he had in Belgrade were massive. That kind of helped him out. Got the physical fitness where it needed to be. So... Um, for me, Djokovic and Alcaraz stand out unquestionably. You know, Rafa's clearly got this, you know, problem with the foot that he's had for 15 years. He's been carrying with. He was limping in Rome uh, in that loss in, in that match there. So there is a question mark over Rafa coming into this, which sounds bizarre to say at Roland Garros. But, you know, physically, I don't think he's, he's where he needs to be right now. Yeah, that's why he's the third favourite at plus 350. James, uh, from your perspective, those top three, obviously... The, the thing I look at this draw, I think, you know, whoever, if, if Djokovic and Nadal do play in the quarterfinals, we expect, I know Alcaraz probably plays very, but you would consider that game a little bit easier. So if they did meet in the semifinals, you would expect the younger man to have the easier 
progression through to the semi-final and probably play a jaded Djokovic or Nadal. Um, from your perspective as a, as a former player and, and world number four, and, you know, being around the circuit a long time, just how good and how exciting are the players talking about this outcome? I mean, you and I spoke about him at the Australian Open and, and I, t- I think I tipped him up at 50 to one and um, he, he'd give us a good run for the money, but he obviously didn't go on and progress it. But is he ready now? Or you know, These odds to me look low, but is, is yeah. he ready? And how good is this kid going to be? Yeah, I've, I've spoken to a few current players and and they're just they're talking about it's not it's not if it's when he's winning a slam and when he's number one in the world, because th- those seem like they're they're certainties at this point, um, the way he's playing um, and the way he's progressing. So I think the players know the players recognize, that, you know, players, they're not often that excited. Uh, this generation, I feel like we've been a little um spoiled with how much history we get to watch almost every time these guys are stepping on the court. And so there isn't as much excitement from some of the other players. And this is actually getting players excited to see how good this kid is, how good he's going to be. Um, but I, I do have to, I do have to say that, that if we're talking about value and I know Rafa is injured, I know he's had an issue with the foot, but plus 350 for a guy that's won it as many times as he has. And if he gets going and he feels fine and somehow he's got the, you know, he's got the magic formula for the, the foot being okay, man, it's tough. It's tough to bet against a guy at plus 350 that has dominated this court so much. And I know, uh, I know Nigel with you, I picked Rafa yesterday in open and may not, might not have been, uh, you know, as popular pick right at the beginning. And I might have to go with it again at plus 350. I, I it's tough to pass that up for Rafa at, um, at Roland Garros. I mean, I never thought as long as he was playing the event, I never thought he'd be anything outside of, uh, outside of being a huge favorite. And now he is, and it's because of that injury, but I think it's, he might be worth it with that, even with that injury. I think, I think it's one of those bets that if you don't, if you don't take it, you, you'll be there in, in two weeks and Sunday going, why on earth didn't I? It was one of them opportunities that, that passed exactly. you by. Now, Jay, uh, Sean is obviously our main betting man on the tennis, and he doesn't look too convinced about it. By the look of his face, he's thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm not quite sure about that. But also, Sean, from a, from a betting perspective, I mean, we've spoken on, on this podcast over the last few weeks, and we've spoken about our careers, but we've always got him with the attitude that his odds are too low. And, you know, Mm. Plus, if he got to the semi-final and he did play in the doubt in the semi-final of a, a major, we're saying that Alcaraz would probably be about minus one thirty-six favorite if these pre-tournament odds are. I can't see that happening. I think it would probably be a lot closer than that. Um, from from that top three, we're going to come to the bottom half. Where do you feel the value lies in the top three, and probably the value lies on none of them for you in your in your opinion? No, you, you're right. It doesn't. I mean, I, I I couldn't I couldn't back any of those three at those prices. Um, Djokovic, I, th- I think, I think he's still got something to prove in terms of his his stamina. You know, he's, he's talked a lot in the last sort of month or two about this this illness that presumably is coronavirus that he had. Um, you know, his fitness was nowhere near in Belgrade. He, obviously, he's been improving since then, but he's not he's not played a five set match for a long time. And now we're at, and we're asking him to do the two weeks of you know the toughest major, the toughest surface. Which, which we're guessing a little bit that he's still he's still got that fitness. But he has, hasn't really shown it so far. He played that one long match didn't he, against Alcaraz, that, that cracking match in, in Madrid, which he lost. So he didn't have to. He didn't have to play again. Um, so we don't. We're, we're guessing a little bit on, in terms of Djokovic. So, and obviously Nadal, we're, we're guessing massively on that that foot injury. Um, that you know, there's going to be two ways of looking at. It. There's going to be James's view, which is yeah, it's worth the risk. Um, my view that it it's just a bit too much of a gamble. And Alcaraz is just too short. I think I think I really do think Alcaraz has got. A, 
brilliant chance, but I certainly would back him at that price. As you know, Nigel, I like my value. I know you do. And I'm, that's I'm looking why, at the bottom half. That's why you're looking there in that beautiful kitchen of yours there, of all those, all that, all that money <laughs> on tennis betting over the years, all, all being paid in that kitchen. Um, I'm going to look now, this, I'll stay with, you, stay with you here, Sean, because obviously we've, yeah. we've spoken about the top half of the draw. We said how loaded it is. Now, the value definitely is in the bottom half of the draw. And you, you mentioned five to one sits of us. That's gone. Uh, Bet Rivers are now 350 sits of us. And I mean, there has been a huge betting move in the last 24 hours since the draw was made on the Greek star. But he's one of them players that, if he gets to the final and he, he gets to the final and beats everyone, he's going to be bigger than plus 350 if he plays Djokovic, Nadal in the final. You've got you've had to go through all that for two weeks to get have a ticket. And he's going to be the biggest price. Now, obviously, you are not going to be betting Tsitsipas, but where do you mm. see the best value in that bottom half of the draw to, to get through as a finalist? I think it's got to be that, that, that fourth quarter that we sort of touched on earlier. Um, I mean, Medvedev is not going to do it. We, we know that. Um, even at his best on clay, he, he's not going to. He's not going to make the final of the French Open. And now he's, you're asking him to do it, having just come back from a hernia operation. So you, we can pretty much rule him out. But I mean, if you're if you're Andre Rublev, and I would I would never in a million years think of tipping Rublev as, as, as winning a major. But what a great draw he's got. I can't believe you know, you're saying this, Sean. I can't I, 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 you're just, saying, all the times we spoke about Rublev, in the French, I can't believe I'm hearing these words. I, I would never back him in a normal situation in, in, a, in a major, but I'm not saying that I, kitchen. If you back Rublev, that kitchen will be gone next week. You'll be, you'll be in an, you'll be, <laughs> it's, all paid, it's all paid for already. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. I just think he's got a great chance. Sinner's got a great chance. Um, Kekmanovic uh, has also got a, a really good chance. Um, so I think, and obviously Kasper Rud, we haven't talked about yet. Um, so I think between Rude, Rubliev, Kekmanovic, I think those are probably the three that you, you, you want to be having a long look at um, in terms of the place money, because you, you're going to get decent place money. It, it, it's much better doing that than sort of trying to make a bit on the short prices on Djokovic and, and Nadal. Um, from, from Rublev's point of view, just going back to him, if he, if he gets through to the, um, the semi-finals, he'd, pro- he'd probably play either Rude or Sitsipas. He's beaten Rude five times out of six. And the one he didn't win was a loss in the final set tiebreak. So on, on, on paper, Rublev's got a good chance. I know he's not one you'd really want on your side, but he's hard to ignore on that draw. So I think Rublev, Kekmanovic and, um, and Rude, I think those are the three that you've got to be looking at. Yeah, that's the value. Obviously, if you get one of those through to the final, you're going to get paid a huge place part of your money, better than you would be if you took the top three. Uh, yeah. um, so Nick, I mean, look at that bottom half of the draw. They're, people will be watching, coming to, they come into the majors, isn't they, for the very first time, the French Open is coming into Wimbledon and they're not really used to the players. Um, who have you sort of watched over this last season? I thought, you know what, he's got a good chance of, of going deep in the uh, in the French Open. And is he in that bottom half? Yeah, I love Yannick Sinner, Nige. Really been impressed with him in the last few weeks. Lost six in the third to Zverev in Monte Carlo by a whisker. Tsitsipas got him just last week, very tight, up a couple of sets there. I feel like he's improving every week, Sinner. I really do. Mentality is very strong, moves beautifully on a clay court as well. So natural the way he moves. Guy takes the ball so early, so aggressive with his, with his ground strokes. Done well in Paris as well before. Let's not forget that. Of course, he made the quarters, I think, in 2020 when it was played in the autumn. So I'm really big on Sinner. I think it's, um, for me, he's a, he's a major winner of the future. I don't think anyone around, you know, on this discussion would, would probably disagree with that. This guy's got all the tools to be a major winner. Um, changed coaches at the, at the start of the year, which definitely surprised a few people, but big time player. Um, love his mentality as well. You know, he's a very cool customer. He's come out himself a lot more as well. 
it can hurt you off anyway. It can hurt you off both sides, forehand and backhand. There's no, there's no imbalance in terms of his game either. Um, and I think he's got a good draw. I looked at this bottom half. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had a sinner Tsitsipas semi-final. I think that's potentially where we could go. I'm not sold on Zverev necessarily. Not been a great year for the for the Germans. Still has a bit of inconsistencies. I noticed he's got Davidovich Fakina in his section as well. And, and that Spaniard's had a pretty good season on the play. So for me, Sinner, I like his chances. Um, Tsitsipas is the obvious one. You know, unbelievable play court player. Um, I think I was looking the other day, he's made nine different European finals on clay at the highest level. That's incredible consistency. So I think for me, if I had to put my money down now, I'd be looking at the Sinner Sitipas semi final in that bottom half. Yeah, James, I knew you were nodding your head in approval for Nick with Sinner. Like but I mean, you, could, you look at Sinner, Sinner's 10 times the odds of Sitipas. Yeah. Really, uh, really, is he, is, he, is he that dip? Is he that much different? No, I, I completely agree with Nick that uh, Sinner's one to look at. I like Rude as well down there. He's he's a guy that I think gets overlooked sometimes with because um, he's just in general kind of quiet. He's not as, as flashy as a lot of the other guys, but just puts up wins after, you know, every year, the last couple of years, he's been winning quietly. And um, so I like Rude. I like Sinner. Um, I think those are two two good options. Sitsipas, you have to say, is a favorite, but at the, the price he's at, I don't, I, I agree that there's there's better options out there um, to get some value. Yes, it's about certainly the public bet down to 350. All the players in the bottom half, no surprise, have been bet with Bet Rivers today. Uh, if you're looking for the odds now, Kasparud is 20 from 25. Uh, yeah, Sitsipas is now 350. Rublev is 30 alongside Sinner at 30. And Kekmanovic, uh, Sean touched on Kekmanovic. He was 120 to 1 with Bet Rivers, the best price in the world. That has been cut in half to 60. So a lot of handle for these players that we're highlighting here at Big Odds. Uh, let's look at the, the matches. Um, Sean, I know you spend a lot of time trying to find favourites that we should oppose. You know, you, you don't like betting the favourites. I don't like betting the favourites. And we want the big money. So the pressure is on you. That's why we pay you the big money to come on here. So who? <laughs> Is, where's the value in the in the bottom? Where's the value on these match bets? There's what some first round games where we should be we betting and, and getting some money on some value. Well, I want another kitchen, obviously, so I'm going <laughs> to sit back and go and come you've on. Got, that's, in, you, that's, in the, that's in the guest house, the summer house. You you got the new kitchen. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the way I've I've played this quite a few times uh, over the years is to is to bet with the plus two and a half sets. Um, you know, James will know himself. It, 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 you're asking these guys to, to win in straight sets in, in their first match of a slam, and you know, new conditions, all the all the pressure, all, all the rest of it. Yeah. You know, that that's 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 not easy to do unless you happen to yeah. be Rafael Nadal. Um, so there's there's quite a few options I think here on the on the plus two and a half sets. Um, I think Sitsipas is incredibly short against Massetti. Um, mm. Yeah, people have sort of forgotten about Massetti a bit because of, because mainly because of Alcaraz, I think. Yeah. Um, this is a guy I took two sets off Djokovic last year. Um, I bet him. I bet him at five hundred to one. Five hundred to one. I bet him to win that to win the tournament. He got down to about twenty five when he was two sets to love up, and all of a sudden, the yeah, he ran out of steam, didn't he? he, yeah. he, he you know, his fitness it, it perhaps you know isn't quite there just yet. But um, you're looking at what's the odds here? Um, twenty three to twenty um, in English. Uh, about for, plus one, about plus one zero five for him to win. Just for him to win a set. Against Sitsipas. Um, you know, I just, he, he played Sitsipas really well in the Leon semi final, I think it was last year, took the first set. And he does tend to run out of steam a little bit in the set at the very highest level. But ability wise, that backhand of his against Sitsipas's backhand, that's, that's, that's a good match for me. 
Um, I think Sitsipas to win that in straight sets, but it, that, that would be a hell of a win for Sitsipas to come out and win that 3 0 for me. So that's one. Um, similarly, I, took, I took, took, talked about Rubliev you know, having a fantastic draw. Doesn't mean he's going to be Quan in straight sets. Um, I'm not sure about that. Quan's actually quite handy on the, on, the, on the clay. You don't think he is, but he, he can actually play on this surface. Um, he took a set of Rubliev on a hard court, actually. I think it was in Dubai earlier on the year. In, uh, earlier in the year. So he's just looking at the prices here. He's six to five. He's odds against to win just a single set against Rublev. That's plus um, one twenty. Yeah, Rublev lost in uh, lost in the first round last year to Struff, I think. Um, so he's he's not one to be relied on. Again, Rublev would be absolutely delighted to walk off that court three 0 against Quan. Uh, so that's another one. Um, one we I think you, we talked about earlier, Cuevas. Um, I like this bet. This is like. All right, he's at the end of his career now. You know, he's obviously not the player that he was. But um, Jensen Brooksby on clay, it, it, it's, it's, it's very much a work in progress. He's played six main-level matches on clay, lost four of them. Um, the two that he won, one of them was against an injured Goffin, and the other one was against the nervous Caboli in Rome. So he's, he's, he's very, very, very inexperienced on the clay. Uh, and you don't get much more experience than Cuevas. So I think, again, Cuevas there, just to win, just with a... With a a one set start, so plus one and a half sets, he's even money. Uh, so I think that's a decent bet as well, Cuevas, there on that, on that handicap. Um, I've got loads. How many do you want? That'll do. That, we're running out of time. That'll do. James, James has got a, got a tennis match to go and play in a minute. So, uh, Nick, um, have you, have you, you've looked, you've been looking at the draw as well. Anything that you like on the, on the men's matches? Yeah, I just had a look actually. I like Arthur Rindenek to beat Alexander Bublik. I think French, the French players generally play pretty well early rounds. It goes up on the rise. Rindenek's had a pretty good season, good attitude. Uh, Bublik has been fairly uh, candid about his uh, dislike of this surface, you know, which in many ways flies in the face of his results last year because he actually played okay on it, but this year's been horrible. And I think he's talked himself out of it to an extent, a bit like Medvedev at times did last year. So I think Rindenek's having a look. I think he's 8-13 to 13 to beat Bublik over best of five. I'd definitely be with a Frenchman that one. I think that's a, that's a good price. You know, stick it in there. Um, 100% with you on Cuevas. I think Brooksby, you know, Brooksby, let's not forget, Brooksby played okay on American clay, but as we know, James knows the green clay's a, a little bit uh, different to the red stuff. So, yeah, Cuevas would, would definitely be in the mix there. I think that's a very, very appealing price, despite the fact he is, as you say, 35, 36 now. But yeah, those two for me, the two that stand out, certainly in the first round. Uh, James, just just a quick point there. Nick mentioned uh, about the difference in clay. I mean, a little bit a lot of people are watching this who aren't really, like I said, coming on to watch the, the tennis and have a look at the bet. You know, sports betting is so big in America, and they may be new to that. Can you just explain what the difference is from a player's perspective on the on the two clays, on the difference from the European clay and the American clay? Well, the, the European clay, the red clay, it's, it's just so much truer. You get the real bounces. I mean, I think I grew up playing in America, playing on the green clay, and I thought it was sometimes kind of, a, um, you know, playing a little bit of bingo when you're, when you're hitting some of those green clay courts. They, they, um, they form like piles a little bit more, which will lead to some bad bounces. And, um, and then you get over to, to the French Open and you see what's, uh, what it's like there, and it's, it's so much more, um, I don't know, just accurate, and you get true bounces, and it's just – it's so much better and easier. Um, the movement is much better. I feel like the green clay is a little bit more slippery and the, um, the red clay, it makes it 
so that I could never move on it. But the players that are actually proficient at moving on it, they're, they're much more able to do that on the red clay. And that's why Rafa has dominated so much is how well he's able to move and get in and out of corners on the red clay. I think that's much more difficult on the green clay in America. And I think it ends up being um, a little more of an equalizer on the green clay in, in America, as opposed to the, the red clay is a, is a much truer form of the sport and of the, of the clay court game. Yeah, so the, the weather forecast, you know, you look at the weather forecast, it's going to be the day I'm going, Tuesday, you bought the ticket, it's going to rain all day. Brilliant. Yeah. The mistress is coming with me. She, she's on the Champs-Élysées shopping. I thought yeah, I it's say. going to be a disaster. Absolutely cost <laughs> me a fortune. You've done your money on both both ways there, haven't you? I've yeah, done yeah, money. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm never living in a kitchen like that with, 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 <laughs> with what's going on there. Unbelievable. <laughs> but, you have to look at the weather, though. It's very important. <laughs> I know, but I, I booked it months ago. I looked on Tuesday. No, I don't mean for May, your right? trip. I mean for your best. Ah, oh, no, well, I should have done it. Um, James, just before, is there anything that you like in the men's matches? Any, anyone that you've, you've looked at on the draw? Anything, anything particularly? I'll, I'll give you two. And I know you don't like favourites, but I'm going to go with Francis Tiafo as a favourite. He's playing a French, uh, young French player. That, and I just feel like that atmosphere is going to be really good for him. Uh, you guys have watched a lot of Francis play, but when it's a, a, an electric atmosphere, I feel like he plays better. He's excited about being in, at, the, at Roland Garros and, and gets up for these big matches. So I like him there. And then one that I think might be worth it is uh, Rune against uh, Shapovalov. I mean, Shapovalov going to be a big favorite, you know, decent chance he's going to win. But I think Rune is a guy that over the next six months to a year, um, we'll hear more and more and more about. And I think at some point it's when he's going to have a little bit more of a breakthrough, whether it's right now or three, four or five months from now. I don't know, but I think it might be worth it. Um, if you don't like betting on favorites, I, I got to give you one favorite and one non-favorite. And I'm going to go with, with uh, Francis and I'm going to go with Brune. I've just lost money on Rune against Norrie. Nice. <laughs> I'm not very happy about Rune. I thought, we, I thought we had him in the second set. It didn't work out. But um, So there's the match bets. A lot of angles. Uh, Sean, I'm sure you'll be tweeting out or, or on your blogs that you're giving us more bets. But uh, the angle of yeah. getting with those, those sort of underdogs plus one and a half, uh, plus two and a half sets uh, plus money is definitely one you should be taking. We're going to move very briefly on to the women's draw. And obviously, it's all eyes are on the number one seed and former champion Igor Svantec. Um, she's a minus money favorite. Who would have thought? My, I know you don't follow women's tennis so much, but do you, can you recall the last time a, 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 it was a minus money favorite, the women's draw? Was Hingis minus money or? On the clay? Um, any? I, I, I can't remember. Well, mate. Serena was pretty sure, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. But, sir, yeah, yeah. Serena would have been, yeah. Um, that's the one that's off the top of my head. Yeah, but yeah, not recently. Well, on the clay. I mean, well, she's she's in unbelievably form, as we know. Uh, she's definitely the, the girl to beat. Uh, Nick, I'll probably come to you on this one. But again, like the men's draw, it's all about the bottom half, isn't it? You, mm. the, the question the question is, will she win it or won't she win it? It's as simple as that. Um, and where where do you cite on the on the Shrontek, uh, price here? Well, I think it's pretty hard to make a case against her right now. That's for sure. So I think and I think that, you know. Obviously, the game is there. The physicality, though, Nights, that's the thing that, that she comes up trumps against so many different players. She's physically able to, to outmatch so many of them. You know, I was looking at some data the other day on the forehand. Her forehand spin and speed, if you look at it when she connects with it, is right up there with some of the top men. And, and that is, does so much damage. And she's become a much more aggressive player this year. She's stepping in a little bit earlier. Confidence is obviously extremely high in her game. She's had such a good team around her of people from a young age that have that kind of she's invested in and built in. So she's a favourite. I, I would be looking at others though, Nigel. I like Paula Badosa a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know when you look at someone that might beat Fiontech, I think you have to look at the players that can live with her physically. And I think someone like a Badosa 
can live with it physically. Former junior French Open champion as well. Hasn't been in the best form of late, but had a consistent year. Semis in Indian Wells, quarters in Charleston. She's won quite a few matches. So I think, you know, again, if you're going to oppose Fiontech, I would look at someone like a Badosa. Uh, bottom half, Jill Teichman's had a phenomenal year, a player that's developed late. You know, you talk about Barbara Kuchikova, who won last year, a player that developed her singles game very late. Someone like Teichman's actually in a similar sort of mould, you know, trending in a similar direction. I'm not saying she's going to win the, the tournament, but Jill Teichman's not got a bad draw down the bottom there. A couple of semi-finals in Madrid and Rome. Um, had a really good season, great variety, good hand skills, you know, very, very good on the clay. So, yeah, a couple of players definitely that, that I think if you're going to challenge someone like Fiance, they're the two for me that would I'd be looking at. Uh, and if you look at the women's draw, James, is there anything you, you quite like on that? Or, or, or you know, is the question is 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 it Fiance to win or would you take her to win or not? Yeah, I mean it's tough to take her with those odds, but I, I definitely think she's um, she's got the game to win. She's mm. got the mentality. She's done everything right this year. It's been absolutely incredible to watch, but. If you're looking for value or someone that's got a good draw on that bottom half, I'm going to look at Coco Goff. Um, you know, the first seed she would play is, is Muguruza, who is definitely someone that is pretty up and down, seems to be on a little bit of a downswing right now. So um, that being an opportunity for Goff, who I think the clay actually helps her. I think she moves great on everything. And I think it gives her a little more time on her forehand because I think her forehand can really be attacked uh, on the faster court. So when she's got some time, I think she has – she has a chance to maybe do some uh, do some damage here on the clay. I've actually bet someone this morning in the bottom in the bottom half of the draw. I bet Jabir at fourteen to one. I think she's thirteen and one this year on clay. Only person to beat was obviously Swantek. Won a tournament, got beat by Swantek in the in the final. And I've also bet her Jabir at, for Wimbledon at twenty eight to one because I think if she does well at the French Open, she's going to be. You know, Sean spoke about that on the on the podcast last week about taking early bets now on people from Wimbledon who yeah. who are overperforming on the clay court season who are going into the to the uh can bring that form into the grass court because when they're much more suited. Okay, so there are the picks uh, on the men's draw. James is he's not going to change his winning strategy from the Australian Open. He's going for his man Rafael Nadal. In two weeks' time from now, we could be sitting here saying plus three fifty. Why weren't we on it? And James has highlighted that price. Uh, Sean, I think you're going to get. If you, I was going to give you one bet in the bottom half, where would it be? Who would it be each way? Uh, in the bottom half, rude. And um, you can get 20 to one rude each way. Be rude not to miss that one. And what about you, Nick? Um, who would you like to go for? Uh, bottom half or... Yep. Uh, yeah, bottom half men, Yannick Sinner. I'm going to stick with Sinner. Big on him. I've been and, really impressed with the way he's played. And on the if, if the tournament winner in the top half, who's going to win? Djokovic. I think Djokovic is going to win this thing. I think he's, he's heading the right path and I think he's good to go. And Sean, who are you going to go for to win it? Uh, I think Alcaraz might do it. Oh, I hope you're right. I've got, I've got really nice future prices, 16s, 14s. I tell you what, if he does win, I'm going to get a better kitchen. <laughs> I can promise you, it's going to be the kitchen of all kitchens. It'll be like Gordon Ramsay. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, we've got some great match bets as well. Uh, and on the women's draw, we're looking at it each way uh, in the bottom half. The, you know, the, the lads are giving you a couple of players there. Jaberm, Padosa. Uh, and some other big prices as well. Teachman as well is another one that we like, uh, but really it's uh, from text to lose, we believe. Uh, thank you very much. It's always been a great episode uh, of the uh, Game Better match. Uh, Sean will be back next week during the tournament. Nick, I think you'll be joining us as well. And James, thank you very much for your time as always. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, have a great week and good luck with all your bets in the French Open and stay safe. And one, if we have a big week, we can have a Calvert Kitchen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.